Hi, I'm E.M. Gist, and you're listening to the Marvel Card Collectors Podcast. Hello, everybody. My name is Ian Taylor, and welcome to the Marvel Card Collectors Podcast, brought to you by the Marvel Cards Fan Collective, an awesome community of card collectors and creators. You can find our two groups on Facebook, details of which are at the end of this podcast, so come check us out. With me is my co-pilot in all things Marvel Cards. Dare you say his name three times and he'll appear, but it's less Candyman and more Beetlejuice, a generous topping of Tim Burton up in here. It's Norin Rad. I am so in love with you right now. That is amazing. That is my favorite. I'm going to call it. Today is the day. That is my favorite intro of all time. Well, a little mix of Beetlejuice and Tim Burton. That's, I'm into yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Beetlejuice. I love Beetlejuice. Oh, Beetlejuice is great. Are you kidding? It's amazing. It's such a good film. I, I really freaked out. My, my, my daughter's got no concept of it, and nor should she. She's, she's four. But um, um, I, I just randomly the other day when I was sitting with her, I asked Alexa to play the Harry Belafonte song from the end yes. of Beetlejuice. Yes. Um, and she she initially said, I don't like this, turn it off after like five seconds of it playing. <laughs> and, then, and then she was kind of cool with it. And then I played Deo, which she really didn't like. So. Deo. Oh, my God. I love that oh, dinner oh. scene. So good. So good. Oh, just just brilliant. Anyway, um, uh, the reason the reason I went there is because um, we have a guest. We have a guest. We have a guest. We have a guest. Um, and I'm, I'm super excited. Um, Eric Gist. Is with us How you on doing, the guys? podcast. <laughs> Welcome, hey, my man. sir. Um, and folk might know you as E.M. Gist, because that's what you, you, you're kind of credited as, uh, certainly in our sphere of um, uh, uh, topics. So, so welcome. So you, you're West Coast. Whereabouts are you? Uh, just north of San Diego in a, a little surfer town called Carlsbad. Oh, okay. Oh, so you're literally right on the doorstep of Upper Deck. Uh, yeah, actually, um, when uh, so I didn't go up and do the signings for the cards there on location because those actually came from uh, not too far far from Norn. I think they got shipped out from uh, South Carolina. I think is where their printer is. Something like that. One of the Carolinas. I think it was South yeah. Carolina. Uh, but anyway, um, but I did go up there when I did a print for them, and I actually just drove right up there. Literally, I didn't even get on the freeway. Uh, they're wow. like five minutes from me. Oh. <laughs> That's so, so funny. Hopefully they're not outside watching you, making sure you don't say anything untoward. Uh, revealing <laughs> um, I, I did actually see um, when I was looking through the images um, on your Twitter feed and um, basically stalking you online. Um, I was looking and I saw the that you'd done a print for them. So did that come before you did the work on Marvel Flare or, or was that kind of a, a lead up to it? Or Oh, I think that came after trying to think they, they were very close to each other i think i i painted the set it would have been summer of 2018 so mostly july august of 2018 i did the cards and then in december of 2018 i did i painted the print um and then it took quite a while for it to come out because that the it was they wanted it released in conjunction with uh, the movie because so it's dark phoenix print of course come yeah. out the Phoenix movie, and uh, that movie kept getting del- oh, not kept, but it got delayed, yeah. And uh, and so the print got delayed about six months. So they came out too close, to, maybe almost exactly at the same time, actually. Uh, wow. Both the prints, yeah, cards. So 
Yeah. Wow. So I remember watching the Dark Phoenix movie on a flight to the States at Christmas. So it was definitely, you know, been out long enough to be on there. And when did Flair come out? In the summer? Was it summer? August, was it? It had to be August. I think yeah. it was. Let me check. But I'm pretty sure. I think so. I think so. Anyway, so that's that's kind of the first time I, I became familiar with your name because we did – I know you listened to um, the – Marvel Flare episode where we kind of reviewed the set um, but we also did a preview episode a few episodes before that and we were kind of looking through the list of artists and, <laughs> and knowing you, you you were already familiar with Eric at that point You'd yeah because I, I hit him up because I, I, I was so I desperate <laughs> I was like well it's funny because I saw your work and Peach's work and those were the two that resonated with me the most um, from, from the list and I was like oh man if this guy does a surfer I'm going to have to like shell out some money and get the original <laughs> I'm not going to mess around with this anymore. This is the way I go. So I remember hitting you up and I, I still feel bad. And I was like, how are you doing? How's it going? I'm interested. How are your pieces? And I was like, are you working on this set? And, you know, very, very awesomely. He was like, I can't say anything so much, but I appreciate it. It was just a very nice interaction. And then I actually know some of the people who I, I can't mention their names just in case they don't want me to. But I actually know some of the people that got some of the original pieces from there who are who are good friends of mine and very nice. And so I'm just so glad to see your work and see those guys get it instead of, you know what I mean, it's staying in limbo or somebody, you know, doing whatever with it and actually going to like real trading card collections, which is just right. it's just been the really cool part to see that. And then of course I saw your covers and I've seen what you do with Aliens and Predator and the Universal Monster movies and just to see those kind of really amazing lighting effects. Right. That we love from those black and white pieces to see the lighting getting in the crevices, the, you know, the looks of like horror and like misunderstanding and complexity. And just been very cool to see you pull that into the Marvel world, like with Moon Knight and the thing, which was something. Did you do the thing on the side of the pieces you did for Flair? Yeah, I've got uh, an, an obsessive streak in me and uh, doing 11 cards sat weird with me. <laughs> um, so I want to do a 12th illustration to kind of round it out to an even dozen. Um, and, and I've always loved, uh, Ben Grimm. I, I think he's just an, an amazing character. I mean, obviously going back to my sort of universal monster roots, I mean, he's very much, uh, he's that, that he's that same. character. Very much yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Exactly. He would have fit right in there. Um, and so I wanted to paint him. Plus, I knew that if I ever do an official illustration of him, I wouldn't be able to do it like that for obvious reasons. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so yeah. So I wanted to do that version of him that you know from my childhood. And uh, and so yeah. So that's that's where that came from. I also actually did it. Um, if anyone's interested, um, I did uh, most of that, probably eighty percent of it, as a demo um, for the school that I teach at, and it's on YouTube someplace. Oh okay. wow! Cool. All right. I will be. Well, we'll find that. that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, what what we normally really do, cool. I mean, you you you'll know because we 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 you very kindly listened to a few of our episodes in preparation to this. So thank you. Um, we um, we will pop up some tasting notes and we'll link to that we'll find it we'll hunt it down we find everything we'll yeah it's um, not too hard to find yeah which is not no, we'll at all sinister to say um so, 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 so let me let me back up a bit because i definitely want to get into the, the first stuff I, i'm i'm just curious to know you you're kind of your route in because i can see you're wearing an x-men t-shirt there and I, <laughs> I you know i can tell from your twitter feed that you, you you're a fan of 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 the marvel kind of universe and and, and that kind of thing so 
I, I guess there's two stories here is your journey to being, you know, an artist and where you are now, but also, you know, and how they inter- interacted with the comics and, and where that came from. It just kind of just give me a sense of, of how you came up and where that fitted. So, um, I mean, if you want to go way back, um, when I was a kid, um, I came from a, a, a fairly blue collar area, fairly rural blue collar area. Um, and so there wasn't a lot to do <laughs> where, where I grew up when I was a kid. Um, so mostly I did sports and I was into comics. So those were kind of my two things when I was a kid, sports and comics. And, and the two actually were oddly interconnected because um, mm. I had an older brother and my dad and they were both also into sports. Um, well, when my dad was coaching the local high school wrestling team before either my brother or I were in high school, um, we would go to the dual meets and we would go there and on our way, I was just a little kid at the time. I wasn't really interested in watching, you know, sweaty high school boys roll around on the mat, even though I wrestled <laughs> myself. It's just not it, spectating. It wasn't, didn't interest me. Um, right. so my mom would always stop at the local Seven Eleven that was on the way and I would pick out a comic book or two every week. And that's kind of how I originally got into comics. The first one I ever remember buying was the Art Adams uh, Asgard Wars X-Men annual. You know, that has Storm on the cover wielding, uh, I'm trying to remember the name of her hammer. It's not Stormbreaker, it's Stormbringer. Right? Is that right? Uh, You might be right. right. That that seems right to me. Uh, um, (laughs) So anyway, it was her version of Mjolnir. And that was kind of how she initially got her powers back, because before that, I was only familiar with her as sort of the biker powerless storm, Mm. because I started reading uh, uh, comics shortly after she lost her powers. Um, So I didn't know, you know, the goddess of weather version at that time. Um, And so that was kind of the first thing I remember buying. I know there were some before that, because like I said, I was familiar with Storm and Spider-Man and all that. So I know I had gotten comics, but that was the first one I remember grabbing it and and becoming sort of infatuated with comics and thinking, okay, this is this is my thing. This is what I'm into. I really like this. Um, So then every week, every time an X-Men comic came out, that was the one I grabbed for an absolute certainty. Whereas before it was just kind of whatever had a cool cover. Um, wow. So that was kind of the beginning of me getting into comics was, you know, my family was really into sports. My dad was a coach. And so sort of as a reward for going and being good and being quiet during the, you know, the dual meet, uh, my mom would cool. let me buy a comic. So so that was kind of awesome. the beginnings of it. <laughs> so did so how so if you everyone's into the kind of sports and the wrestling how did the comics have anything to do with you going into the art the doing art as a as a career absolutely which, no wow. absolutely um when i was a kid um and this is a story people always kind of laugh about but again you know 1970s 80s uh, rural area i didn't know people drew comics for a living i mean i thought you know they were whatever plumbers and electricians because that's what all the <laughs> grown men around me that's what they did for livings right so i thought they did that and then on the side you know when they got home in the evening they drew comic books just like i went to school and then when i came home i drew you know i I sketched and drew um so that was kind of my mindset and i didn't really realize it until i got into my later teens say 15 16 and then i went to my first san diego comic-con when i was 17 and that was when it really clicked to me it's like oh this is a profession this is a job I can actually strive towards. And uh, from that point on, I started working really hard at trying to do uh, interiors, which I was miserable at. Um, but, uh, but I tried really hard, and I worked really hard at it. Um, 
And then eventually I found out about a local school that I actually teach at now called, well, at the time it was Jeff Watts Art Instruction. Now it's Watts Atelier. Um, but I teach there now. And that's where I went to school. And that's where I learned to draw and paint and be, got exposed to guys like uh, Phil Hale and Alex Ross, yeah, uh, Glenn right. Orbick, guys like that, you know, <laughs> Boris and Julie, you know, all, all, all of that sort. And then I, I realized, oh, it's not so much. I mean, although I, I would love to do interiors, I've, I realized that what I really liked was the mythology and the characters, and I wanted to paint them more realistically. And mm -hmm. so that kind of got me on my journey to where I end up now. Um, before that, it was comics. I didn't really, I wasn't really interested in painting uh, that much at that point, other than you know being into the artists. Uh, you know, James Baum, I was big into Doc Savage when I was a kid. Um, obviously, I was familiar with Boris, Frazetta, stuff like that, but it wasn't really... Yeah. For some reason, it clicked when I specifically saw Glenn Orbick's stuff and when I saw Phil Hale's stuff. It really clicked with me, and, and that was kind of... They're probably two of my biggest, uh, more contemporary influences. Wow. wow. I can okay. definitely see all of that. That's amazing. <laughs> wow. Uh, that's really cool. So well, Glenn was, Orbit was, was actually my teacher's teacher. So I, I knew Glenn before he passed away. Yeah. Yeah. Glenn, wow. That's Glenn, nice. Jeff Watts, who was my teacher. In fact, uh, are you guys familiar with Glenn's work that much? I, I'm, I've heard of him. I'm not that familiar. I think, Noren, you're more familiar. I am more familiar with that. I have to look it up to make sure I'm thinking of the right thing. Um, but yes, I've seen, I've seen a couple of his pieces for sure. If you find his Weapon X card that he did for one of the sets back in the 90s, a 96 set, I think. I don't remember exactly which set it was, but it was a 96 set. And he... Um, the model for the, for Wolverine for Weapon X in that painting is actually my teacher Jeff Watts. <laughs> oh wow. Yeah. That's amazing. And then eventually I got to meet Glenn obviously down down the road a bit and he was a he was a wonderful guy and I actually got to work on him with, work with him on some stuff um, before he passed away but uh, he and his and his uh, his life partner were both just fabulous artists and Laurel she's still around and still does uh, some comic work uh, from time to time so well, wow! I'm gonna, to, I'm gonna track that down and lay eyes on that. I can't, I can't podcast and type at the same time as you no <laughs> doubt have heard on some of the episodes. So, I'm gonna track that down um, for the tasting notes because I need to lay my eyes on that. I love hearing these stories behind. Um, so this is just an this is just an aside because as as we as we record. Um, we just released episode 50 that I know you've listened to, the Julian Boris um, interview. And in one of the um, uh, Instagram posts, because Julie's bless her, has been really kind to help promote the episode and, and, and push, that, push that some posts for us. Um, but then I, um, we, uh, we run a group called Marvel Masterpieces Collectors. So every day I, I do a daily masterpiece card, which is um, just a card from any of the 10 Marvel Masterpieces sets that have happened since 1992. Um, and so I chose the Julie one for the day after the episode dropped that we talked about, which is the Doctor Strange one mm -hmm. right. uh, with, with the hands. And um, she commented and said, oh, a bit of trivia for you. That's Boris's hands. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> Made me laugh. So I love hearing these kind of stories about you know he was referenced for it and things like that. So I'm definitely going to track that track that image down. And I'll probably just going to have to do. A... I just didn't know who the artist was, and certainly hearing the story behind it is wonderful. Yeah, I think we're going to be able to draw a grid eventually and just go from photo reference to photo reference on this giant poster, and we'll sell it to the group, <laughs> and you can see everyone's oh, photo credit. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I think that that's the yeah. that's the next yeah. step. 
I think. Logical we'll, next we'll, step. we'll cut you in, Eric, because you were here when yeah, you, obviously. the idea was um, yeah, <laughs> when you were here when the idea was uh, was formed. So <laughs> you'll be well, one, one of the authors. Because obviously yeah. you're, you're definitely, definitely. Because on your website, because so you the kind of the, the the direction that you've gone in, and this is evident in how you've rendered the 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 pieces for Marvel Flare is uh, the dark art of um, guest And I'm, I'm just curious to know what, you know, did, was that a natural progression or did you kind of set out and think, oh, that's, that's the style I'm going to get to, or did it, did you arrive there over, over time or? I think that was, that was a pretty natural thing from fairly early on. Um, because I mentioned that I was, when I was a kid and still am, I was into sports. I was into comics. The third thing I was into was horror movies. Um, Yes. And so, you know, initially it was the stuff that was out at the time. Like, I, I love the the slasher films of the time. Uh, at the time, Nightmare on Elm Street was was a big uh, obsession of mine. Um, but then uh, my dad being who my dad is, who was great and always really uh, influential. Uh, on <gasps> I do. Hang on. Dog on the podcast. Dog on the podcast. <laughs> oh, my God. God. It's so cute. <gasps> Boy or girl? Uh, girl. This is Harley. Oh, Harley. Nice. <laughs> she doesn't like being ignored, so. No, that's, <laughs> how could you ignore something that precious, okay? That's that is what adorable. she says, too. She makes, she makes almost sense. Every, almost everyone we've interviewed has had some sort of pet <laughs> come onto the it's podcast, awesome. including Norrin's, Norrin's are, regular uh, guy, So Artists are definitely uh, have an affinity for pets because they become studio partners. So. <laughs> studio <Yeah>. partners. <laughs> That's what I call my buddy, my writing partner. <laughs> is, he, is he there, Norrin? No, is your dog he, or your cat with you? No, he's with he's with the wife hanging out, his preferred partner. My cat though is a recluse, so she's hiding somewhere. I'm sure in my office, but I have no idea where. <laughs> She'll suddenly leap on you with claws. Just, anyway, sorry, Eric. Eric, you, you hardly interrupted your train. Of you know we there. take detours. This is just how it yeah. is. <laughs> I honestly can't remember where you got to. I think you were talking about... Um, well, you're talking about Friday yeah, the 13th and horror yeah, yeah, and your dad. Yeah. Um, yes. uh, so then my dad, when he saw that I was into movies, my dad's also into, into movies, but um, he was going to have uh, none of this modern horror stuff and started exposing me to you know, the classic horror stuff, you know, universal monsters and, and things of that sort and Hitchcock and, nice. you know, things along those lines. So that's my other dog. That's Remy. He's, uh, <laughs> he thinks he's tough. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so then he exposed me to that stuff and I fell in love with it and uh, just have loved just film in general, but especially stuff with uh, interesting cinematography and lighting. Uh, so uh, noirs, uh, horror <sighs> films, things of that nature. Uh mm. Huge Coen Brothers fan because you know the yes. movies are just always. I mean, beyond being amazing directors, just beautifully shot. I mean, each each yeah, frame is, is a little shot. illustration. So, so that's yeah. also been a big influence in my work. Well, it's funny. I was just rewatching uh, *Raising Arizona*, and I just <laughs> oh, did not. I do not give that movie enough cool. credit in terms of like lighting and how it was shot because it captures that whole area so fantastically well. Yeah, and they, I mean, wife they and I actually just recently rewatched that too. I hadn't seen it in quite a while, so yeah, we rewatched it. That's great. Yeah, such a classic though. So good, so good. Ah, what a good piece. Yeah, and lighting, especially in horror movies, right? Lighting is masterful. Right. Yeah. It, it is the very defining feature of what makes horror, either being noir or not. Um, for instance, one a recent movie that came out called The Witch. I don't know if you've seen yeah. that one. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. That's all done in natural lighting, candles, all the hardcore hard stuff, not studio oh, lighting. Nice. And 
it really captures those shadows and those depths of blacks and all that kind of stuff really brilliantly well. But your image, your 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 work does that too. And I, I think that's one of the things I kind of was so drawn to it by is that your your sense of lighting, the the lighting from below, you know, giving that a uh, fire camp type of lighting is mm-hmm. so distinct in the pieces. Mm-hmm. Like that's 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 so interesting. And so and oh, so thank you. Uh, yeah, it's Appreciate fascinating. That. Yeah, absolutely lovely. So for your pieces with flair, that lighting was obviously somewhat of an inspiration for those flare cards, which are mm-hmm. so massively unique over, you know, some of the other cards from the set, which I love that. I love that's what I love so much. I mean, if Upper Deck listening, I think we should do a horror set and put a putting it in Eric in charge of it just so everybody knows. I just want that to be clear. That that's my vote. Uh, <laughs> I, just, I just want that to be out there. So could well, you tell us a little bit? My AD on the set is a huge horror fan. In fact, that's I met her at a horror convention. No. Well, I was going to ask who, who because um, I'm guessing you've got an AD there, and we're starting to talk to the guys at Upper Deck more. Um, so I was, I was going to ask how that whole process and relationship kind of worked, because I'm, I'm always curious, because we've had, we've had sketch card artists on a fair few times but i don't think we've had anyone on who's worked on any um modern sets from a point of view of actually creating the art for for the base cards um mm-hmm. so you're kind of the, you know the first person who who we've had recently because when we spoke to dave devries because of course he had he had some pieces in flair um after an absence of some 20 plus years from from doing marvel cards um he didn't tell us about it because i don't think he could at that point um no i, I think the was, timeline was yeah yeah, yeah it was yeah they had so an announcement or something. Um, yeah, unbeknownst to us, he'd already done his pieces, and as as had you at that point. So I'm always I'm always curious as to how that 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 process starts because you kind of talked about the timeline, but do, do they do they just reach out to you in terms of creating art that goes into the the actual the set, as it were, or or did you approach them? How how does that work? The way that it specifically worked for me is that I was exhibiting at a, a horror convention uh, called Monsterpalooza um, just up in Burbank, uh, just up by L.A. And uh, um, the A.D., um, I don't, again, I don't know if she wants me to mention her name. No, or that's so cool. no, no you, you don't have to. <laughs> yeah. But uh, she came up to my booth and uh, asked if I would be interesting, interested in working on some stuff and I was like, yeah, it'd be great. It'd be, you know, super fun. Just get in touch. And at the time, I didn't know that it was going to be Marvel comic stuff. I kind of figured it would be something horror because it was a horror convention. Mm. Um, but it just turns out that she's a big horror fan, and that's why she was there. Oh, uh, wow. She liked my work, and then got in touch shortly after that to tell me exactly what it was. And I was beside myself. I was super, super excited um, because, as I said. Um, I, I've never really been into the card collecting hobby that much, but I but I have bought cards because of the artwork. Um, yeah. Just basically have at the time again. I mean, you guys know how it was back in the '90s. There wasn't so many. Uh, the, there really wasn't internet. I mean, not like there is now, um, where you could get images off of it. There wasn't. Uh, there wasn't as many uh, collections of artists' artwork. Like and now, every artist comes out with a monograph of their collections of their work. Um, yeah. In fact, I think you even mentioned uh, with was it Boris and. Julie, they were one of the exceptions, right? A book eventually came out with all their Marvel stuff in it. Yeah, um, yeah. 
which which was awesome. But again, that was kind of unusual back then. Unless someone was a huge name, that didn't happen. So the only way to get reproductions of their work was by buying the cards. So I did. Um, I can't remember exactly where I was going with that. But anyway, I was excited. And uh, and she, the way it worked for me is she just gave me a list of characters. I don't remember how long the list was. I want to say it was somewhere in the range of 50, 60 characters on it. Wow. And told me to pick the 11 that I would want to do. And I actually got every single one of the ones that I wanted. Really? Super no. great. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure. If, oh, so I, I, mean, I don't, I don't think they did duplicates. Yeah, I got to pick off of a list. Wow. You were probably one of the first ones to pick off the list then maybe. I mean, yeah. the ones you picked are so perfect for um, <laughs> kind of so perfect for your style. Yeah. So the I'm, surfer I'm, was not on the list. Otherwise, I would have picked him because he's he's so much fun to uh, all, I, I all the chrome texture on the figure. Oh man, spiritually, I, I loved, spiritually we're him. connected, and I knew that that was coming. <laughs> <laughs> I felt your energy across the Skype video, and I was like, he he would have picked Surfer. I understood. <laughs> I understand. No, um, it's funny too because I always that's kind of always my thing. I'm always like, oh man, that's the first thing I thought. No joke. I mean, you know, I'm pretty pretty one track minded but um <laughs> all the other pieces you did were very very much a great example of that kind of style and i and i, I just found that so much fun cat. he didn't choose black cat i'm putting the podcast black right cat. now <laughs> <laughs> it's done it'll just be you and me for the rest of the interview i'm sorry he's he's left in a tiff he's a little upset yeah. it's okay this happens every once in a while either one of us leaves i don't know <laughs> um, so when you I, did I, your so when you did your paintings for flair for those particular characters what were some of the decisions like maybe like an example like like moon knight or whoever you want to talk about right what were some of the things where you looked at you like okay i know i have to do this for the character or i want to come at it at this angle what were some of the decisions you made uh, well, let's talk about Moon Knight, since that seems to have been uh, one of the more popular ones that I did. Um, for that one, the, the thing that's always interested me about that character, and one of the reasons I picked him, was uh, A, the white-on-white aspect, which I think is, is super cool. Um, cool. You, could do, you get to do a lot with color lighting with him, because it just re- it reflects every color. Whatever color lighting you put on him, it reflects it. So that was really interesting to me. But also because it is white on white, you don't want to paint him, in my opinion, you don't want to just paint him uh, spandex. Because, I mean, Spider-Man, yeah, spandex, right? There's lots of cool patterns, lots of cool stuff going on, so it can be a spandex outfit. Um, But with him, um, I wanted to bring in a lot of different textures. Uh, Plus, from what I understand, when he was originally designed, the idea was that his outfit was at least in large part silver. Not, like, actually made of silver because he was brought in to fight Werewolf by Night, right? Brought in to uh, fight uh, uh, Jack Russell. Yes. So it made sense that his outfit would have a large amount of silver in it. Um, So I thought, you know, having the the inside of his cape being uh, a satiny, in my mind, some sort of flexible silver fabric um, would be interesting. Um, Having the actual emblem on his chest be silver, metallic. Um, But then I also wanted to bring in some of his mercenary roots. So I thought his pants would be almost more like... uh, army fatigues and not skin tight spandex so just trying to you know bring in those different textures and trying to get that to read in the illustration was something that really interested me with moon knight specifically um you really get that that shimmer on the cape on the cloak i guess it would be called um where you see the cloak kind of folded off of him 
you yeah. see that shimmer yeah. so well in the card art and you can see it on the moon symbol as well but yeah such a what a brilliant idea that was really really clever well, I, I was real fortunate because uh, my wife is actually a seamstress she's also an artist she's a painter as well um wow but she uh so metal gist if you want to look her up um her work cool. is amazing um we'll, she does we'll mostly uh, historical up. work uh native we'll american historical work <laughs> Um, but she's also a seamstress and she makes a lot of the costumes for her own paintings and she made a cloak and I, I didn't even think of that at first. I had one and I was asking her where it was and she goes, well, why don't you use this one? And I looked, I was like, that's exactly what I want. I mean, it's not, it wasn't white, it was red, but it's still, it, it, it was the textures I wanted. It had the yep. kind of heavier fabric that I wanted. Whereas the one that I wow. had was kind of more Ren fair, cheap costume fabric. Right. Whereas the one she made was like, it, it looked like something out of a you know Little Red Riding Hood movie or something. I mean, oh, it was like that's cinematic cool. quality. It was it was really cool. So I got to use that. So that was super uh, super convenient, um, and that that made painting that that shimmery fabric on the inside a lot easier. Wow. Well, you can really see the detail in there, and I really loved your creatures as well. I mean, you did Beta Ray Bill, right? Mm-hmm. That must have been crazy fun to do that skull kind of like head shape. One of my favorite characters. Um, uh, once I started getting really into comic books, I started going back and I f- and I discovered Beta Ray Bill, and then I went and started uh, sort of reverse collecting all of the Walt Simonson run because um, th- I'm trying to remember exactly Ooh. when his run started. I want to say it was eighty. 80- Three, maybe even earlier than that, um, but he had a long run, right? Super long run uh, where he wrote and drew it. Um, so when I found out about that, and then I found out about comic shops, I started, you know, going back and buying a bunch of that stuff. And since then, Beta Ray Bills have been one of my all-time favorite characters. So when I saw him on the list, he he might have literally been the second one I picked. So I'm, you're, wow. it's funny that you're listing them off because you're actually listing them off the, in, <laughs> in order that I picked them. Because I picked Moonlight first. Um, I'm a huge Bill Sienkiewicz fan as well. Yes. Um, yes. I love the the old Moon Knight stuff. Uh, loved Hitch's run on it. I mean, it's just uh, so mm. much so much great stuff. And then uh, and then Beta Ray Bill was my second pick. And then I basically just started looking for any x-men character that was still on the list nice um, so I, I got wolverine which was awesome no I got kidding Rogue, i was about was to great. say man you got you got two of my favorites for sure i mean wolverine you got the claw shadows right on his face that was brilliant and then the rogue one is just so powerful like she's just doing this really great pose i mean that was that was smart and then you get to use that silver again with that x on the back wall behind her yep really sick yep. So yeah, yeah. So th- those those were super fun. Uh, actually, my buddy Jim Pavlik, um, who you guys may want to get in touch with, I know he yes. would love to be on the show. Jim's oh. a really good buddy of mine. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. He got to, he got to do Beast. So yes, um, I know that's yes. such a good one too. He did a great yeah. job. Uh, yeah, wow. his, his beast is phenomenal. Um, yeah, all, so yeah, all his so stuff that was that is phenomenal. That. Yes, we all really liked a lot of his stuff. Um, he did magic too, right? I think. Yes. Yeah, he still uh, so. is. At, he actually. Um, I don't know if I would even be allowed to say this, but he can't get in trouble for me saying it. Um, he's actually got a bunch of magic cards that he's back on magic now. So he'll have some magic cards coming out here in, over the next year or two. I think we're usually about eight months ahead on that. So, so yeah, right. he'll be having some, a bunch of magic stuff coming out here pretty soon. Oh, he did. I mean, oh, just magic phenomenal. Right? Oh, OK. Yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, Magic the Gathering. Yeah, yeah. That's because you've worked on that set too, right? Magic the Gathering. You've done cards. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, uh, in fact, I should have one coming out here before too long, which maybe I'll get in trouble for that. But yeah, I'll have one coming out here before too long as well. I don't remember exactly which set it's on. So I, I can't imagine I'd get in trouble for just saying, yes, I have done some magic work that is yet to be released. But yeah, it'll be awesome. Well, that's a, that's a great matchup for your work. I mean, that's such a cool set. I always love looking at the art on those. I, I don't collect um, just because that's a whole, for a collector's world, that's a whole another beast that I, I can't even imagine dipping my well, toe into. Just so, much, uh, I mean, so much volume. I mean, they put out just tons and tons of cards. So. Constantly, too. Yeah, but I love the artwork. And I like I like looking up artists on those sets because they're always just so interesting and um, just such different styles, too. Um, right. Yeah, so just amazing. Wow. Wow. What I um, so what I like yeah, about oh. the um, I just want to I just want to before we move on from the Moon Knight, one of the yeah. things that I like about the Moon Knight and the Wolverine is the is the entirely black background. Yeah, that that that, that they're against because you know that's that, obviously with Spidey you've got a little bit going on because uh, Spidey against the black background would look a bit weird, but the Moon Knight it just absolutely works. But the the Wolverine, you so rarely see Wolverine. It in in such a dark uh, setting like that, um, right. especially with that costume. You know, you think about when that yeah. costume was kind of really prevalent in in the, in the comics, and you know, it was all very bright and very garish and very well, very nineties, <laughs> yeah, uh, for the most part. But 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 the interesting thing about Moon Knight is what that makes me think of is, um, have you seen the recent HBO um, series continuation of Watchmen? I haven't yet. I want to, but it's, I haven't yet. It's, so it's good. absolutely astonishing. We're, we're four episodes in. There's only nine. Um, and it's, it's Damon Lindelof who did um, Lost, but then he did The Leftovers, which was a, just a tremendous Leftovers series. Leftovers was um, great. Yeah. Leftovers, yeah. Very, very challenging, uh, but, which is good. Very well written. Anyway, Moon Knight feels like he could be a character in the Watchmen series. Oh yeah! Just when I look at it, it just it, it it something about the texture of it just feels like it could have stepped out of out of that show. So also, when you watch posture. that, yeah, it's, yeah. It's funny you should say that because uh, one of the references that uh, one of my buddies always makes is that he says that my stuff always looks like an an illustration that would pop out of an old fifties radio drama. That's and, wow. and that's how Watchmen always kind of felt to me as <laughs> yes. well, right? A lot of the designs yeah. felt very pulp. Very, uh, yes. very, just very radio drama-y, you know, yes. in a good minute, man, isn't it? Yeah, 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 exactly. yeah, yeah. So yeah, so, so yeah, it's funny you, you should say that. Yeah, I'm, I'm just hugely influenced by by a lot of older uh, older stuff. So, um, so yeah, that's great to hear. And anytime your stuff get, gets compared to Watchmen, it's. <laughs> Well, it's you know you're doing something right. You're doing, right. you're doing something right. What I find interesting is that Rogue is Rogue is very rarely kind of got that gritty, gritty kind of gritty BAFTA thing going on. Um, which uh, sorry, that's, so that's a random because no, no, you're English right. I mean, reference, but <laughs> Rogue for me though is like, you know. It, you know, I, I love the original X-Men movies, but I think it was a missed opportunity for the Rogue character because she is she is one of the strongest women in X-Men, mm. right? Especially yeah. with her, like, especially with her powers and things that she has going against her. Um, I remember watching the 90s cartoon and her being able to, like, slug it out with anybody. And, you know, the, yeah. the temperament the, and not the precious Southern Belle, but the kind of like, you know, the the grit right the 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 mm. kind of cool fast comment kind of thing that rogue has and i thought i thought your posture very much 
like especially with that eyebrow raised like that was very yeah, she's one of those characters that uh, often is uh hyper sexualized as well which yeah. i'm not yeah. necessarily yeah. you know i'm not necessarily completely opposed to that but when you look at who she is like one of my favorite runs was i think it was drawn by Silvestri, and it was the run where it was her and uh and wolverine actually technically it wasn't her it was her body but she was uh the sort of residual personality of carol danvers yes 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 and uh they're escaping from madripoor i think that's what i want to say or genosha something like that right they were escaping from some sort of where prison where they were in prison for being mutants and wolverine's uh uh healing factors on the fritz and Carol Danvers kind of takes over, but I was like that kind of aspect of where she, like you said, she's she's tough. She's not yeah. just this delicate, wilting flower. She's right. She's she's a tough character and who can hold her own. And I, I wanted to bring that out a little bit more, where it's kind of like, okay, I've been playing it soft, but now mm. literally the gloves are off. I love you know, that type, yeah, of, type of attitude. It is so. it is good. It re- it really reminds me of some of the um, just because it's fresh in my mind. Sorry to keep harking back to it but i think you'll be pleased with this comparison if you if you dug the watchman reference you'll dig this um it reminds me of julie's um female characters and some of the yes movies. right 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 yeah that's that, strength that, that inner strength Marvel characters right that that strength yeah exactly that kind of um don't f- with me kind of um, right. attitude um, yeah if you like um but what I find what I find interesting is moving on to your uh, beta ray bill is is there's a contrast. Is some of your pieces obviously got the got the the, the darker, the grittier, the, the Moon Knight, the Wolverine, the Rogue. Beta ray bill is probably the brightest I've seen him done on Marvel cards for a long time. So I thought, I, I thought Mysterio was quite bright as well. But, you know, just that contrast between the, the brighter pieces and the darker pieces that you did for the set was that was that a conscious thing to kind of almost go against the grain a little bit of how they're portrayed or it just, just maybe I'm it, just it, it wasn't conscious to go against the grain um, of, of how they're so that wasn't conscious but it was conscious to have variety like I, when mm. people looked at the set I wanted it to be unified but not homogenous so I yes. wanted to try and bring out what was interesting about the character and also at the time uh, um, Ragnarok I'm sure was still freshly in my mind. And so I'm sure that influenced Beta Ray Bill as well. You know, that kind of bright uh, 80s, almost yeah. video gamey feel I love to it. it. That Kirby right. art yeah. type of stuff where you yeah. get all those bright colors and those pops. Yeah, because you really, right. and the movie did such a good job of that with the set decoration and the props, right? Everything had those really bright cosmic colors that you would yeah. get from those books back in the day. Right. Well, yeah. I, I, I loved how bright a lot of the pieces were. Like one of my favorite pieces, which I think is kind of undervalued a little bit. I mean, I like them all. I like them all as a set. I really do. I, but I think one of the pieces that jumps out at me uh, with the detail and the vastness is Rhino. Actually. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because I, I feel. Rhino. I mean, I like Rhino. The, the thuggy characters. I think he's yes. just. He's great. Because he, he embraces great. the thugginess, right? He never right. tries to be anything else. No. He's the muscle, and that's all he, he wants. He is the to muscle. Be. He is Rhino, and that's. And, like, aesthetically, you know, it's funny how a costume like that ages across comic books, right? And especially 2020 now, where you get, okay, a guy in a rhino suit, that seems odd, right? But then you see you see what all these artists do with it. And, you know, movies always try to put like a technical aspect on it or, you know, all this other kind of stuff. But 
there's something with your realism where you get all those crevices in the rhino. So you yeah. get that head sculpt and it looks like those deep, dark eyes and then rhino. And then the positioning that you give in your camera looking up at rhino is that your horizon is all the way at the bottom of the frame. Right. Yeah. And you give this beautiful kind of like fisheye where the horizon goes up on the sides. So it gives this really cool like dome like look at Rhino as he charges through, you know, this open uh, desert. Uh, I love that. Such such an interesting, such a smart way to play with uh, a background because on some of the pieces, the backgrounds you have like on man thing and spider-man right those backgrounds are subtle they're they're not you know it's not all background there's a lot of good empty space there mm-hmm. but right. when you see it mm-hmm. there it's very complementary to the uh to the frame of the card right yeah. well with the cards they're going to be shrunk down so much that i always think people just they really want to see the character but at the same time i don't want to cheat too much on the background um, yeah. I want to get just enough in there for, for flavor or context and not take away from the character. Yeah. I can avoid it. Um, so, I mean, that's just a cover thing as well, but especially in cards because they're shrunk down so small when people see the artwork. Um, so, yeah, just enough to give some flavor or context. And I found some great reference of the desert, and I was like, oh, that would be that's, – that's how I want this illustration to feel. So, actually, I built a lot of that illustration around just a scrap piece of reference that I had that wow. I thought – for some reason looked like it should have the rhino in it without the rhino even being there so i just painted the rhino into it that looks cool that's awesome well the one that the one that i like because i noticed this when i was looking on your instagram is the um is the juggernaut because he's it's just i i love that image of juggernaut it's probably my favorite juggernaut i've ever seen um <laughs> but it was was the um the reference model that you used, you credited him um, at Baker Model um, on Instagram, and I just I just went and, and dived into his feed and some of the stuff oh, that Yoni's he's done. I just, great, yeah, Yoni's amazing. That guy's he's he's also my Conan. He's he's most of my big muscle bound characters. Um, so he was also Rhino um, for the most part. Oh, I mean, wow. obviously heavily wow. modified, but uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So I used him for most of those cards. I think Spider Man was another model. Uh, Roberto. So, uh, Jamario, who's a good buddy of mine, uh, was Spider-Man. Uh, oh, of course, you've credited him as well. Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but most of them were Yoni. Yeah, I mean, most of the, I mean, especially the big beefier characters, you know, uh, Juggernaut, Rhino, characters like that were were mostly him. He was also Moon Knight. Um, uh, so, uh, who isn't a big beefy character necessarily? Although he's a big guy, but you know, regular big. <laughs> Uh, needs to be able to handle it himself. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, he was a heavyweight boxer, right? So he was—he still obviously. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, so you. You, you referenced it, and I just want to—I just want to talk about it because it's—it's more recent. Your Conan cover, uh-huh. yeah, was absolutely amazing. Because um, I saw—I saw that come up on my on my feeds as I was looking through stuff. Um, so, was that—is that that—is that Marvel series? Because I've noticed you've—you've you've been um, posting about doing covers for uh, a few Marvel series recently, including mm-hmm. including the Giant Size X Men, Phantom X, right. Um, which I saw coming up. Is that is that a fairly new new thing for you? Or have you been doing Marvel covers for for a while now? That's a, a, a bit of a tricky answer. The the short answer is yes. It's a fairly recent thing. The first one I okay. did for them was uh, the what are the 80th anniversary 
crazy issue that they did. I don't know if you guys saw that, but you know, they used to have crazy, which was sort of their mad magazine. Yes. Seventies, early eighties. Um, well they re they relaunched a little one-off, which they did with several books, um, oh. for their 80th anniversary. Uh, I did the variant cover for that. So that was the first one I did. And since then, uh, I mean, up until the shutdown, I'd been doing about two or three covers a month for them. Um, oh, wow. Okay. Most of them were Conan cause I'm actually the regular, uh, artist on Conan. So uh, oh, really? I took over okay. after, uh, and, and, and I, I apologize if I'm butchering his name, but Esad Ribic, um, I took over for uh, after him, after the first 12 issues, yeah. um, which is incredibly intimidating. <laughs> but oh. uh, he, he's phenomenal. So, uh, But yeah, I've been, I, yeah I was great. the regular cover honors. Oh, of course, only two of them came out, but I've painted six, I want to say, five or six. Oh, okay. um, but only two actually came out before. Uh, the shutdown. Um, I'm not sure when the when the when the series will start back up. I know that it, it is going to at some point, but I don't know when. Yeah. Um, but uh, so yeah, I'm actually the regular cover artist on that, and then the others have been either fill-in covers or uh, or variants of what? different types. Um, so so yeah, so that's been a fairly recent thing. Now the reason it's a more complex answer is that I had actually done the covers to um, their uh, the haunted mansion for their Disney Kingdoms line. Oh, okay. Uh, so, wow. which you'd be surprised when you see them, they don't really look like my work. They're a little bit different, um, but uh, it, was, it was super fun to do because, again, my favorite ride at Disneyland, and we're like forty-five minutes from Disneyland. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, it's it was it was super fun to work on that project. So that's why it's a little bit more complicated answer. But yeah, the short one is yeah, yeah, only since about last uh, July, about the same time the card set came out, they started having me do covers. So. Um, I was about to mention the Haunted Mansion one later in if we got to it, but I love that. I love the three yeah. ghosts going through. And you have the high wire with the crocodile painting on there. Just what a great way to get kind of the entrance. And they're kind of like looking back at you and like bringing you into the place. It's just love the perspective like being escorted. Well looking up. Yeah, yeah, it was just super fun. So Super, so sick. Fun. I love that glow effect too. That must look really amazing. Like the original must have a really interesting like look well, to it. That's why it looks actually a little bit different because the original is actually just graphite drawings. Um, and then I digitally colored them. No oh. way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they, they are fully rendered graphite drawings. So they basically look like black and white versions of the final cover. And then in Photoshop, I, uh, I colored them myself in Photoshop to get them to the, to the finished level. We we uh, might talk after this, just so you know. Just just small conversations. Yeah, you're going to be disappointed by that conversation. No, <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. It was too good. I knew it. It's okay. I'll cry to myself. Ian, you might have to take over for a little while. I got to go to. No, that's, that's that's quite all right. Nobody puts no one in the corner. No um, the do corner. you is is that is that a general thing um, for your finishing of pieces? Is that does that apply to the ones that you did for Flair as well, or do you? Do, oh, do you they're vary? oil paintings. They're, they're, uh, oh, they're wow, okay. oil paintings. That was actually a bit of an exception. Um, and uh, if, if you want another story, I've got another story. Oh, um, always. When I was working for, or when I was first breaking into comics, or not too long after I broke into comics, uh, DC contacted me um, and asked if uh, I wanted to do covers. And I said yes. And they said, well, we need to figure something out because you're an unknown and we're, uh, we're not going to pay painted cover rate. And, but we don't want to ask you to do painted for not cover rate because that wouldn't be right. So we need to figure something out. So they went and they went on my blog and they found a graphite drawing that basically that same technique that I had wow. done for 
something else. He said, well, this is great. Can you do this? And I said, yeah, I can, I can do that for a comic cover. And, uh, and so then that led to a Halloween or I, they didn't call it Halloween, but like their horror or dark art variants, whatever they're called, but basically Halloween variants. And wow. I did two, two consecutive years of that. And, um, the second one I did was Deathstroke. And oh. that went over very big. It was sort of a Deathstroke Friday the 13th mashup. And that went over uh, very big uh, for me. You know, at the time, that was probably one of my breakout sort of jobs. And then uh, over at Marvel, who had been talking to them, they saw it and they said, oh, this is great. Can I show this around? Because I'd only been showing them my oil painted stuff. I said, yeah, go, you know, whatever. That's cool. And they liked that and wanted that look for... Uh, for the Haunted Mansion stuff. So that's what kind of led to that. And then I also did some promotional posters for them for a VR game, like, a, or not VR, it was a VR, yeah, VR, like 3D VR game that they were announcing. And they had me do three posters that all interconnected to one big poster. Wow. Uh, nice. So I did that technique for that as well. And that was really cool because I got to do Hulk. I got to do uh, Deadpool. I got to do Rocket. I got to knock a lot oh. of characters off my bucket list for, for those posters. So that That's cool. freaking cool, man. I just found the picture of it. It's it's amazing. I can 100% see someone thinking of Haunted Mansion when they see that technique for the Deathstroke one where he's in the swamp with the knife and the yeah, blood yeah. dripping down. That was that was really interesting. I love that. That's freaking awesome. Wow. I've got I've got to ask. You've mentioned that you're taking characters off your bucket list. Have mm-hmm. you done a black cat? Have I done a black cat? Not yet. I would uh-huh. I would love to do a Felicia, but I've I've not I've not painted her yet. No, but no I would one's love waved to. a sweaty wad of cash at you to do it yet, have they? No, not yet. But yeah, <laughs> she would definitely be on my on my certainly on my very short list of of female characters. Um, unfortunately, that's not something I'm really known for, so I don't get approached to do a lot of. Oh, how interesting! Upper deck, if you're listening, upper deck, come in, upper deck. <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> So, so yeah, um, not that they not that they necessarily negate it. So if they send me a list again, I got to do Rogue. Um, so yeah, that was that was super cool. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't I don't get that's not usually what I get approached to. Like if you looked at a lot of the stuff I've been hired to do for Marvel, again it very lean, leans very much towards the the darker elements, the uh, the yeah, noirish yeah. elements. So Phantom X, obviously a more noirish, you know, very yeah. noir influenced character um i've done uh, uh morbius who obviously vampire oh, right uh, so yeah thing, things along those lines are usually what i get approached uh to do yeah. conan obviously is, is more along that kind of pulpy you know wow. type of type of uh type of look well, so th- that's i can't i can't imagine i can't imagine yoni po- posing for black cat but i'm sure he'll give it a go um have a, have a, have a word um just because it's there and it's been there for for the, for the fifty odd minutes we've been talking now, um, and I, I just noticed it on your Instagram feed as well. The Luke Skywalker, the Mark Hamill that you've got over your right oh, shoulder, yeah. is just drawing my eye constantly because it's beautiful, absolutely really beautiful. Was it? Was that? Is that? Is that done for any for any particular uh, for for work, or was it just a that, a, a fun thing for, as a for yourself? For uh, for Marvel, they uh, the same. I believe it was crazy. The same editor that I had on Crazy asked if I was interested in doing Star Wars stuff, and of course I said I was. I'm a huge Star Wars fan, mm-hmm. um, and he said, "Well, 
we need something to show them. Do you have any Star Wars stuff? And at the time, the only thing I really had that was anything even vaguely recent was a painting of uh, uh, Captain Phasma. So he said, we'll send that over. Uh If you have time to do one of the original trilogy characters, that would go a long way. So I just happened to have a gap in my schedule, and so I painted uh, Luke and sent that over. And uh, they ended up having me do a a fill-in cover for uh, the Kylo Ren series that just uh, wrapped Uh. up right before the the shutdown. So I did the the fourth cover. I think it was, yeah, the fourth cover in that series. Uh, So, yeah. Wow. Nice. I'm going to have to track these down. I'm going to have to track these down because I'm absolutely loving the stuff. The, the, the stuff on your Instagram feed, the, the deeper I go, I'm just like, oh, he's done that. <laughs> oh, he's done that. It's brilliant. I mean, the, the Frankenstein. That you've I done. love Frankenstein. No kidding, man. You must uh, the, love Frankenstein because uh, you're like, you're getting. It's just astonishing. I think my favorite thing about those Frankenstein, about that Frankenstein piece, I think Ian and I are looking at the same one on Instagram. Yeah. With the progression, the, with the progression uh, pieces on it. Yes. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think what you did so well, which I don't see often done to this degree. I know what you're going to say. Yeah. Those eyes. Yeah, eyes. Yeah. You make them watery. <laughs> like you made them watery, bloodshot, but also the eyelids are sitting on just right where like it doesn't look like the eyeballs are sitting just right in that uh, like the way they're looking so it feels very much like it's a composite of people's bodies <laughs> into this frankenstein that's kind of stitched together and that look has just like this sorrow but vacancy yes. i mean it's just so so magically captured is that referencing from the movies and then obviously your own take on it or like what yeah. did you have to go through to get uh, that i had, that's I clean. had two different stills that i worked from that were i don't know if they were actually i think they were actually publicity uh publicity shots um, but yeah, I mean, anytime you're working with, you know, someone like Karloff in Jack Pierce makeup, it's not, I mean, it's, man, it does a lot of the work for you. So yeah, um, I, I can take a little bit of credit for the, for the color, but most of it is just a marvelous actor underneath marvelous makeup. So he did a great job doing that out of focus thing on the ears a little bit, like on the side of his faces, like that, yeah. that really goes a long way. Cause it feels like, feels like an actual Hollywood monster universe, you know, Frankenstein standing right in front of you. I like playing with that effect a lot in my illustrations, like a lot of sort of photographic artifacts. I like mm. in or injecting into paintings, usually not to that degree. But mm. if, if you look at a lot of my pieces, you'll see little subtle, you know, photographic artifacts that I mm. that I leave in there that make it look like it's shot through a lens rather than, you know, being I'm not really interested in doing it like hyper realistic. I want it to be cinematic theatrical so yeah. realistic but realistic in a in a in a fantasy type of like yeah more than real that's kind of what i'm shooting for in my work a lot so yeah i dig it i love i love that that's such a smart choice i i feel like that's such a brilliant choice there really really is yeah and i'm looking at your pumpkin king as well inside of a frame I think probably at one of your booths or something like that. And you can kind of see that not necessarily the artifact, but you know, where you deciding to light and what you decide to keep in shadow. Right. Right. Yeah. Wow. I'm, I'm just going to, I'm just going to jump back to flair a minute. Cause there's the, the, the two pieces that really hit my wheelhouse are Groot and Dr. Strange. Yeah. Um, I absolutely love the Dr. Strange cause it's just the, um, just the way that the light, works with his hand so so prominent in the frame 
Um, and and he's, he's such a handsome devil. Handsome yeah, devil. Yeah, but he's out. But the, the way you've got the cloth <laughs> hanging on him as well. He's gone. You've gone for the older costume. On that. Yeah, they, they wanted specifically for that set. They wanted the the nineties costume. So I even got yeah. to do him with the with the porn stash. Yeah, I love it. it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, the like like they were very specific about the the era of costume that they wanted for that set. He, I love it. He does look like, a little bit like Alec Baldwin. <laughs> Something about it. And this is where you're going to tell me, oh yeah, he came in and sat for me. Uh, I think I think that's um, your. No, that's me. That's I knew me, it. Yeah. I said it. I knew yeah. it. I looked at. It. <laughs> I thought so because you said that handsome devil, handsome devil, and I was like, well, I would do the same thing if it was me. I was like, wait a minute. I recognize those eyes. <laughs> we're not, we're not yeah. talking about the group. We're not. We're still talking about Doctor Strange. Or we moved on to groups. That was the other one. <laughs> I about Doctor Strange. Yeah. yeah. No, I, that was a good choice because you you definitely fit that profile, my friend. That definitely that really is a good shot. And I like I like the expression you put on there too. It's very Doctor Strange of that era. I love that. Yeah, I, I like. Uh, I mean, Doctor Strange is an interesting character for me because I always feel like there's a, a sort of an undercurrent of of maybe not insanity but i don't think that he's completely right-minded right Um, even though he's obviously very intelligent and very good at pretending to be normal right i don't even before he was magical i don't think he was all there i I think he he lived in his own own reality well there's that that ego that arrogance that he that he had you know, yeah. that that just carries through into a, not, not a recklessness, but a kind of a yeah. I don't know something about it because now he's got that 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 power. It's kind of like it's it's almost a reckless kind of approach, but he's kind of got the skills and the magic to back it up. Right. And I'm you know certainly some of the issues I've read, um, you know, when it doesn't go in his favor, you know, it doesn't go. <laughs> especially more recently, they've played with that a little bit more in the more recent stories mm. that they've done. They've they've done with him um, is that you know he can fail. Um, yeah, yeah. which is a really interesting side of his character for them to be exploring. So I'm kind of I hoping they, they explore that more in the, um, in the movies. Yes. Yeah. That's what I, I'm hoping too, because I'm hoping that kind of make like him a bit more tragic. I mean, I think they're definitely, he's going to be the new Iron Man where he, he does mm-hmm. fail. He is a bit more of a, a tragic mm-hmm. character. So I, I think that he'll definitely be taking over that role because, you know, I, Spider-Man, I mean, they set him up as the Iron Man replacement in the movies, but if you get too far into that with Peter Parker, he's not Peter Parker. Peter Parker has Spoilers for anyone who hasn't seen Endgame, by the way. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> no, now you're just deliberately not watching at this point. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Yeah. yeah, once you do that with Peter Parker, you're you're moving into like older Peter Parker or Spider-Verse kind of like scenarios where, you know, you kind of have that, that kind of uh, departure there for sure. Yeah, I can I can see that happening with Strange. And I always like that about Strange, you know, cuz you you go from someone who knows so much about sorcery, so much about the the outer worlds, right? Knowing so much about the cosmos. They kind of did that in the Avengers game where he was strangely more detached and less right. like he came from the same world as everybody else. Yeah. And I, I'm 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 definitely hoping that's something they kind of pursue because that's what makes the character interesting for me right it's not that he's an oddball but that he's very much detached in a funny kind of quirky way but not like you know what i mean where it's like too mature yeah yeah that's what i'm hoping when your when your reality is sir reality it it, it, it's gonna do some weird things to your head and like i said i think he started off a bit off yes so then being inundated with you know 
all of the information, like you said, that he has, it's going to mess with him. Plus, there, I'm sure there's a certain detachment that comes from knowing the end. Right. Yeah. Yes. Things play out the way that they're supposed to play out. So. Yeah. Kind of a line yeah. between madness and, um, you know, hopelessness. You know, that kind of yeah. like in between, right? Uh, love that. Absolutely. Well, I think that's called, I think that's faith, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, and I, I just the, want to touch on yeah Groot. No, I just right. wanted to touch on Groot because yes. was that was that your choice to put that speech bubble in there? Yeah, it was actually, and I wasn't sure they would let me do it. I love it. Oh, you've got is that the original? Yeah. Well, that that kind of answers one of my questions: is how big are these pieces? No, you do not. I'm, I'm, never I'm, never, I'm never. Yeah, certain. eleven by fourteen. I'm never certain. Wow. Oh, yeah. That's actually the last one left. Is it really? Oh. Yeah. Wow. Mm, 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 mm. <laughs> I wish. If I had all the money in the world, I'd buy everything. That's just the <laughs> fact of it. But I, I, lo- I love seeing I love that you still have it there, even though I'm sad for you to still have it there because that should already be purchased, in my opinion. <laughs> but um, to see it in part, to see it across video, that speech bubble, that's such a good effect. Like that, that was an amazing, I thought that might've been after. And I was like, cause it looks so clean. Like it looks I, so perfectly I placed went back and forth on it. Um, and, and then when I drew it in, I, I was like, ah, I'm just, I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and paint it. I'm going to go ahead and paint it in. Cause I just think it looks so cool. And it's, and it's, it's I mean, it's always been a part of his character, but now it's such a huge part it's of It's iconic, the, right? It's yeah. pulp yeah. culture at this point, right? I mean, you know, I think anybody who looks at that and disagrees with it right up front might be forgetting to take into account that with your style and that being a lovely contrast with text and comic book font yes. in a card, there's no other card in the series in a while and, you know I, I, don't, I don't remember every card I, I know a lot of the cards seeing speech bubbles I've cards. never seen someone do that before and I think that's that was an, an ingenious way of, of handling it. To, to Upper Deck's credit they they never even mentioned it good for them because Other you did the right say, thing yeah do it you know, I think you killed it so the background in Groot the color is that more of a teal Yes. Like that color? Wow. Like a dusky teal, I guess. I, don't know I love that. Dusky teal is, but yeah. I think it's wow. a bit more pumped up a bit bluer on the actual reproduction. Um, I think just because of the yeah. slightly yeah, they just of the card. It's you stuff know, they, they do. Got a little bit more pump. Well, it's yeah, they can't. printing process. I mean, you're dealing with CMYK, so. Oh, yeah. Typically will be a little yeah. bit off. No, yeah. you can't. I mean, this is not stuff you can help. You know what I mean? It's it's not. If it could be helped, they would do it. You know what I mean? Especially with the amount of time and money and everything that goes into this process. You know what I mean? If there was something that could be done, it would be. But I love that piece. It's actually one of my favorites for sure. Oh, thank you. So, 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 so speaking of of of, of um, time, and I've completely forgot what I was going to ask. Um, how how kind of long? Well, there's two parts to this question. I guess the first thing is you're you're pretty busy. Then you've done you've done you know quite a lot of work on the um, uh, covers over the past uh, couple of years, and you've obviously done the the flare stuff. Which I think, um, how long did those take you? Those eleven pieces. I think you mentioned it, but apologies, I've I've forgotten already. All all eleven pieces. How long did it take, or or each individual piece? Well, actually, generally, actually, both would be. I'm just curious because obviously, I'm. We love hearing this stuff. Yeah, this is. I want to say that the 
from the time I got the job to the time I was finished, it was roughly two months, but I wasn't working just on that because, I, like I mentioned earlier, I also teach, and yeah. I'm also doing covers for a God of War comic, and I was also doing covers for a uh, Call of Duty Zombies comic at the same time. It Ooh. it sounds a lot crazier than it than it is just because of the way the pacing worked out. It was it worked out okay, um, yeah. because whenever you're working on a third party thing, um, approvals generally take a little bit longer. So you kind of turn in a sketch, and then you have a week. Yeah, yeah. You know, so it's not as crazy as it as it sounds. Although that's the busiest I've been in a long, long time. Um, but yeah, so it was about two months from the time I got the job to the time I finished. Maybe a little bit longer than that because um, I was a little bit over deadline. Um, but and the paintings ranged. Um, uh, the Moon Knight took me the longest, and I want to say that was about about. 10 days but again that i wasn't just working on you know for 10 straight days yeah. it took me you know let's let's call it about four to five days of actual work um and then the quickest one oddly enough would have been uh spider-man and i did that in one 24-hour marathon painting session those oh wow so, yeah, it would have been three days <laughs> of normal work but it took me one day so wow 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 okay well, I guess my next question was going to was you've kind of already touched on it. it was you know you, you obviously teach. I'm guessing that's pretty full time, or you know takes a big chunk of your time. Yeah, I mean, I my classes are three hours long, and I usually teach five or six, and then there's a little bit of out of time, uh, out of class time, but but usually right about that. So whatever. Oh, okay. Twenty to twenty five hours a week. So yeah. Wow. Okay. It's just how you fit it all in is just you know boggles the mind. Thank you for doing it. it my seriously, wife's very patient. <laughs> <laughs> my wife's very patient because there's times she doesn't get to spend a lot of time with me. So yeah, but she. It sounds like she kind of understands that the wheelhouse that you're in because she's also creative herself. Oh, she definitely understands how much uh, time it takes. Um, yeah, uh, she just I think sometimes wishes I wouldn't take on as much as I do. So. Oh, okay. uh, but she, like yeah. I said, she's very supportive and very patient. Um, yeah. She's actually painting right now. So, uh. oh, oh, okay, <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> well, I, well, I guess when Marvel comes calling, you've got to kind of go with it. Sounds, you know, if you've if you've had this history of being such a fan from a very early age, it's it's what I've been working towards. Yeah, if, I mean, yeah. Uh, I'm 45. Yeah, <laughs> I'm 45 now, and and. Uh, I pretty much I started doing freelance illustration when I was 29 or 30. Before that, I was working in video games. Um, okay. So yeah, pretty much that entire time. Really, I mean, since I was 17, I've been working towards working for Marvel. So um, wow. I actually had to turn down a couple. The first couple covers they offered me, I had to turn down because I was too busy. Um, so then, once I knew that they were interested, aside from the Haunted Mansion stuff, you know, the first like real Marvel Marvel characters that yeah. I was doing, uh, that they asked me, I had to turn down because I was just too busy. And then uh, once I knew that they were interested, I uh, sort of reworked my schedule so that I was in a bit of a holding pattern. I was taking more private commissions and not as much pro work and private commissions. You can kind of push around a little bit more. Yeah. And so then I just kind of sat and waited for the next one to come along. And then when it did, I, I jumped on it. So, wow. Well, you know, if they come calling and they come back, then they're obviously keen. <laughs> yeah, to, yeah. To work with you, so you must be doing something right. Um, I try not to say no three times. 
Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that's a bad sign. So yeah, and that ties back to our opening there. So that's that's good. Yeah. That's good. Full circle. <laughs> One thing that um, I, I guess my my next thing I wanted to ask really was: Do you do you know if you're gonna? Would you like to do more trading cards? Uh, yes, I would. <laughs> I'm not hesitant to say yes, I would. Uh, I'm just hesitant as to what else I can say. Okay. But, uh, but yes, right. I would. No, no further questions. No further questions, sir. Nothing, nothing <laughs> else. The, the defense rests. Defense rests. <laughs> um, we, 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 will, we will put a pin in that then because I know that you can't, you know, with, with the way these things work, if you can't talk about it, then you can't talk about it. So, right. um, and they will turn up at your house because they know where you live. Um, <laughs> and you live yeah. close. So, yeah. yeah. And you live very close. Yeah, <laughs> they are probably watching us right now. Um, do you ever um, – have you ever been tempted to do – is it just something I'm just popped into my head as a question? Because um, sketch cards are such a thing now with, with the hobby. Have you ever been tempted to try that format and that size? At one point, I was in touch with a guy. I don't even think he works at Upper Deck any longer. I'm sure you guys, I mean, obviously, this is your wheelhouse. So I'm sure you know, but um, there was a big shakeup at Upper Deck about, it was a while ago now. I want to say probably eight, nine years ago, something like that, where there was a bit of a an issue um, with uh, the ownership and upper management. Um, and at that okay. time, I was talking to them about doing uh, some sketch cards for their uh, one of their Marvel sets. I think it might have been Marvel versus. I don't know if he ever even told me. He just asked if I was interested. I said I was. Um, but at the time, then that's when sort of the big shakeup happened. And yeah, you know, you know how things go in that industry. You know, things like yeah. that happen. Things shuffled around. People leave. And then I've just never heard anything more about it. I wouldn't be opposed to it. Wow. So. Be interesting because so, yeah. we know we know that one of the interesting things is Simone um, Bianchi. Of course, he did the Marvel Masterpieces 2018 set, and <laughs> all 15 months of his life it took him. Um, and he, he he's he's um, uh, uh, lovely, just a lovely guy. He um, surprised everyone in the, the in when they released that set on on the EPAC platform. Some some sketch cards by him appeared, and then have subsequently appeared in some other sets. Which I find it interesting seeing the contrast in style because obviously he's working in a very different format, so it's unmistakably him. Right. But it's but it's a different style of him because he's yeah. working. He's got in a very such a great space. style too. That, that's yeah. very. Uh, um, uh, what would be the word? Malleable, I guess. It's very yeah. uh, adjustable. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you guys uh, 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 read his uh, the book he illustrated, uh, Sharky. Yes, I've got it. I've, I've not read it yet. Sharky's marvelous. Yeah. Um, let me make a suggestion to you. If you're gonna get Sharky, also get the other Malar World book. It's called the Bandits, Space Bandits. I want to say, pick up that series as well. Yeah, I've got I've got a lot of them. Um, Sharky, I kind of I kind of slowed down because because uh, I've <laughs> I've got a four year old, so I was finding my reading Life. file was getting bigger. I was buying <laughs> sure. stuff but not being able to read it. So, um, but um, 
the yeah, his, the like, one his work that in that is, is very linear. Uh, yes. Or not, not very, yes. but, but more almost like almost like stained glass kind of in a, in a, in, a, in a way. Oh, interesting. Uh, and it, interesting. It's, cool. it's it's very marvelous. But then he also is capable of doing uh, very much more uh, uh, rendered real. And I wouldn't say realistic necessarily, but you know more painterly. Uh, yes. Yeah. You yeah. Know, yeah. Closer yeah. to what I do, right? He's he's very yeah. capable of bridging that gap. I don't yeah. know if my work would adjust as well. I think I'd have to get tiny brushes and paint, you know, pretty much the way I do because it's it's how I wow. paint. <laughs> yeah. But Simone is not more versatile than I. Yeah, I love that true. though. So have you? So you mentioned earlier about doing comic book pages and panels and stuff like that. Is that something you're also doing on the side, or do you do you primarily try to stay to covers and those bigger illustration pieces? I I, I stick to covers and and uh, bigger illustrative pieces, but I am not opposed to doing interiors, and I have done interior samples. Uh, oh, cool. But I've never been offered a job that I could justify doing. I've been offered interiors before, but the page rate just wasn't something that I could justify. All that know. time. Yeah. Yeah. To do it the way I would want to do it, it I couldn't do it fast enough. Uh, so, yeah. yeah. So it'd be very, very difficult. Um, at some point, I may just go ahead and do my own, my own book. Uh, wow. And see if I can get it published or maybe do an online uh, web comic or something because um, it, yeah it's something that fascinates me I, I do love it I've just never I just I was better at painting I was better at at, uh, at what I'm doing and so that's what I started getting work doing so. wow well if if you ever do a Kickstarter I'm I'm, I'm in line on that one yes so. sir <laughs> very much so uh, I, I was just scrolling through because you mentioned Miller World um, I was scrolling through because something I saw on your Instagram and I'm trying to find it in the midst of trying to find it I've just seen your sketch commission you did of Lance Henriksen which oh, yeah. is just a jaw on the floor because I think he's, he's <laughs> such an interesting looking man um, and and you know, I you know, I grew up with Aliens and, and Millennium as well. That series he did, sure. um, that that X Files spin off that he did. I just, he's fantastic. I, I mean, it's such a shame you haven't seen him in a lot of other things. Um, and he's, he's a getting lot on a of bit like now, B but. and C movie stuff. A lot of B and C movie stuff. So you'd you'd have to. I mean, now that we don't have video stores, you'd have to go combing through the the direct to video files to <laughs> yeah, find a lot yeah, of yeah. Uh, Mr. Henderson stuff. But uh, yeah. have you seen New York? Yes. Yes. Dark is wonderful, yes. isn't it? Oh, it's yeah. an amazing movie. Brilliant film. Brilliant film. Catherine Bigelow. There's there's, there's another character that I, uh, I saw that you've got um, the Death Head, uh, Dark Horse Comics one from 2015, and that oh. really reminded me of um, Sandman. Just that 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 uh, right. Yeah, just that nose on there. Um, but anyway, no, um, I've gone off on a tangent as we do, as we do, because I was looking <laughs> as we do, as we do. Your Jupiter's Legacy sketch oh. cover. Commission. Uh, where is it? Where is it? This is fascinating listening for people. I saw it on your Instagram feed. But anyway, that's it. So I'm guessing you've read the Jupiter's Legacy series that Frank quietly. I, I just read that issue. Um, that's the only one I've read. I'm, I'm going to now read the others, but um, that was actually a commission for a gentleman who's a big fan of it. Um, and, and I read that issue just to make sure that you know just to familiarize myself with it yeah but uh, but uh, i'm hooked um, i'm definitely going to go and read the rest of it now it is utterly astonishing and and worth waiting for because frank doesn't move at 
a fast pace and so the, the second volume took a little bit of time to, to appear because um, they wanted it to be right but it, it is absolutely astonishing as a series and just the combination of his artwork and the writing but um, they've, they've made a um, not sure if it's a movie or a Netflix show um, but it's 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 filmed. It's in the can. It's it's coming. So uh, I'm very much looking forward to that. Anyway, wow. sorry, I just went off on a tangent of I, I, what I did actually is <laughs> is live and on air. I dived into your Instagram feed and just started getting really excited. We've never done that before. We've never done that. Forgive me for gushing all over the place. Um, so uh, aside from obviously you know uh, you know uh, shutdown, I'm guessing you're just you know, staying, keeping your head down, doing some work and online teaching and things like that. Yeah, that's exactly what I've been doing. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. doing, uh, um, obviously, uh, stuff got shut down for a little bit, but then a project came my way that, again, I can't uh, talk about as of yet, but uh, something I'm working with, uh, I can say that I'm working on something with Dark Horse, I'm doing some covers for them for a a series that will be out at some point down the road. Um, So I'm doing that. Uh, Conan, as I mentioned, is currently on hold, um, but hopefully it won't be too long before that changes up. Um, and then I think that's mo- and then just private commissions here and there oh, yeah. filling in the gaps with private commissions so cool well listen you know I really appreciate you making time in your thank schedule you so and much your Sunday, yeah. you know yeah not a problem at uh, all for jumping on with this um, if you were to um, where can people find you yes where can people find you online Um, pimp yourself sir tell tell them where to go (laughs) Instagram is always going to be your best bet Um, I'm pretty good about responding to direct messages there that's where I post most often Uh, my Twitter is more about uh, things that catch my eye not as much about me um, so a lot of that is just me sharing other stuff that, that interests me, um, artists that I've discovered, uh, artists that have influenced me, things like that. So less about me directly and more about just things that interest me and sharing uh, things like that. Uh, but my Instagram is more where you're going to find uh, regular updates with my artwork. And then there's also my web page, which is just ericgist.com, E-R-I-K-G-I-S-T.com. Um, that I don't update all that often. Um, for gentlemen like yourselves, uh, comic art fans is is a good yes. bet. I have a gallery on there, and I put stuff. You know, most of the stuff that I have for sale ends up on yeah. there at some point or another. Um, so yeah, those those would be those would be most of the places. Um, but yeah, Instagram is always usually your best bet. That's the place that if you want to get in touch with me, um, I'm I'm usually pretty good about uh, responding to direct messages there, and that's where I my my work is most up to date. No, it's brilliant. I mean, I understand what you mean about the website side. I know it's easier to update Instagram than it is to actually, <laughs> you know, Twitter with a website. So absolutely, um, I can yeah, it's definitely worth it's definitely uh, um, worth taking a trip. Yeah, Eric, thank you. <laughs> yes. Yeah, no for, problem. Thanks for, for having me on. Jumping on. Yeah, dive in. I just did. I just did. Um, we will. Um, we'll pop links to everywhere folk can find you in the tasting notes for the episode um be sure to link those on our social media posts as well you can you can believe that um do you embarrassing this is where people usually say now nah, i've never listened to your show i don't know what i don't know what you do do you know how we usually sign off our episodes uh i i, I do know how you sign off your episodes but you'll you'll have to remind me of the exact wording no and what do they what do you say normally now it's usually happy no just kidding it's usually enjoy collecting <laughs> 
I just can't help okay. myself. It's just, you know, so bad. But, <laughs> sir, please take us out, and thank you again for everything. Thank you, Eric. All right, thanks for having me on. And uh, you said it's enjoy collecting? That's the one. That's the one. All right, okay. really cool. Thanks Happy for tuning, collecting. tuning in and, and enjoy collecting. Thanks for listening to the Marvel Card Collectors podcast. Visuals and tasting notes for each episode can be found on our Facebook page. You can subscribe and leave us a voicemail via our home on anchor.fm forward slash mccp. We're also on iTunes, Spotify, and all major podcast platforms. Please take a second to subscribe, like, and review our show wherever you get your podcasts. Our podcast can be found by Googling at the MCC pod, which will also find us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram. Our Facebook community is at MCCW, Marvel Card Collectors Worldwide, and MMC, Marvel Masterpieces Collectors. The great music we use is called Rocket Power by Kevin McLeod. Thanks to the collectors, artists, and creators who support the Marvel Cards Fan Collective. We'll see you next time. And remember, it's a small hobby, but a fun one. Make mine Marvel and enjoy collecting.